Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Here's the reality. With everything I just said about what the Bible says it does, I'm excited for God's Word. This is enough, church. This is enough. And so maybe you're hungry and you're like, let, let God's, the bread of life, fill you up today. Fill up on the bread of life. And then if you have room, you can have lunch later. And so today, uh, I want to speak w- to you with God's help on the subject of sacrifice. The subject of sacrifice. And I know with the holidays coming around, a lot of people save money just to dump it all out at Christmas on gifts, presents, Boxing Day sales. Uh, maybe you're like, well, Cyber Monday is now the new thing or whatever, but you still save up all that money uh, and you sacrifice maybe going on vacation because you'd rather do something else with your money and buy toys and gadgets. I don't know your, your preferences or your habits, but here's what I know. A lot of people sacrifice a lot of things so that they can enjoy some things. A lot of people are willing to do that as a parent. I've learned this in the five short years we've been parents, that we, we sacrifice for our children a lot. Like, I want to eat the last bowl of cereal, but I'll give it to Josiah, because he really, really wanted it. I, I wanted it, but he really, really wanted it. So as parents, we sacrifice, we'll go without, or if my wife gets a hot chocolate, you know, and both kids some, somehow gravitate and like lay claim, they claim it as their own. She's like, this was mommy's. And they're like, I want hot chocolate. I want chocolate milk or whatever the case might be. And as parents, we understand. Parents in the room, you can nod at me and wave if you agree. But we've learned what it means to an extent to sacrifice for our children or for family. If you don't have children, it, it could be for your family that you're willing to do anything. And, and for successful people, everybody looks at those kind of people who are successful and go, oh, look at that, they, they made it. Look at, the, look at them, they, just, they made it. But what we fail to see and what nobody looks at is how they got there. We look at how they made it, but we oftentimes bypass or overlook the process, the hardship, the training that they endured to be able to get where they are. Think of... Steph Curry or even Michael Jordan, if you like basketball, they didn't just happen on, I mean, maybe some of it's natural raw talent, but it's hoop shot after shot after shot after shot until this is like a natural, like your arm just does it and that ball finds the net every single time. And we look at that and go, oh, if I could just have that chance, if I could. But did you know that they took a lot of time, effort, training, and years to get to where they are. It's important for us to understand the sacrifice. It's important for us to understand the sacrifice. This morning, we're going to look at Abraham. And you might say, oh yeah, Abraham, he's the father of of many nations. Father Abraham had many sons. I grew up singing that. And you might just be able to end it by saying, Oh, Abraham, father of, of all nations. God blessed him and, and that, that was his legacy. But what you fail to see is what brought him to that point. 
of being the father of many nations. And so it's also said that sacrifice comes before success, even in the dictionary. Sacrifice comes before success, even in the dictionary. And our definition of sacrifice this morning is this, the willingness to give up something I love for something I love even more. So, I love my cereal. Actually, I actually I enjoy English muffins even more, but that's a bad example because my son doesn't really like them. But I love cereal too. Um, but I'm willing to give it up for my son, who I love even more. That's the difference. So sacrifice today. We're going to look at this subject through the life of Abraham. So if you have your Bible, would you stand with me and turn to Genesis 22? Genesis chapter 22. If you have a real Bible, just as you turn, would you just wave it? I'm just curious to see like the trend here. That's pretty good, Weston. Lots of Bibles in the air. Now smartphones, Bibles. Good for you. That's good. Make sure you uh, turn off your data or something so you don't get distracted with notifications also. Genesis 22, we'll begin reading at verse 1. And here's what it says. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Verse 3, the next morning. Notice, it's almost like saying immediately, basically. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a, he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Verse 9, when they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Notice it's the second time Abraham replies, and it's the second time he says, yes, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me, even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram... And sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. 
To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And verse 18, we end with this. And though your descendants and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. God, I pray that it would speak to us in our situation. It would speak to us as a church in this season you're calling us uh, into. And Father, I pray that you would anoint my mind, anoint my, my mouth and my heart and my lips to speak only your word. Lord, I thank you for this incredible opportunity we have to read the word together and now to hear. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that it would be your voice speaking in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated today. One little side note. When I first began preaching, when I was younger in the ministry, and we had a long passage like this, I remember apologizing to a church once. I said, sorry, that was a little long. You may be seated. And, and I remember another pastor gently corrected me and said, listen, we don't apologize for reading God's word in his house. Amen. So if you were tired, I don't apologize. You could have had a seat, um, but, but we honor God's word. That's why we stand. And if it's found also in Nehemiah, a great portion where the whole assembly stood for the reading of God's word. And so that's, that's where we get it from. And we honor God and his word. So this, this story in Genesis is an incredible, it's, it's packed with drama and tension or drama. We say drama in Ontario? Drama? Drama. And it's one of the most dramatic and theologically significant stories in the book of Genesis. And think about it. The command to sacrifice Isaac. It, it, it's his one and only son. And we understand that, what that means if you're a parent in the room. And even if you're not. We don't just sacrifice people and... I mean, especially in today's day and age, we wouldn't even dare talk like this. But this was something familiar in the Old Testament that they understood. They had to offer burnt sacrifices to the Lord. And not only that, how about the lonely ascent of Mount Moriah by Abraham and his son to the place of sacrifice? Just building on the drama of this story. It's a long walk and a long journey up that mountain. The painful process of tying him up and laying him on the altar. Think about that. It's one thing if, if a child gets injured because of a sports injury or just you know carelessness. It's another thing when you're tying up your own child, your own promise, and laying that promise on the altar of God to, to burn up literally. And how about the last minute intervention? We're talking about the makings of a good story. Because just in the moment, the Bible says that Abraham picked up his knife. Then the voice comes and says, Abraham, Abraham. And he responds like he did in the very beginning. Yes, here am I. Or here I am. And it's more than a good story or good literature. 
It is the last great test of Abraham's faith. I don't know if you you understand all of this, but in Scripture, if you start in the beginning of Abraham's story, he, he follows God, but it leads to this. This is where the promise that God gave him is sealed and is beginning to take shape. And in verse 1, we are told it is a test. And it simply said, God tested Abraham's faith. But to Abraham, it must have been a scary command. You see, we as readers have the privilege of reading the full story in a matter of seven minutes or less, if you're a speed reader. Um, But to Abraham, every step was unknown. He didn't have, he can't go to the... You know, Genesis 22. Let me read what's going to happen here at the end of my my journey. He just has to take, okay, yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you said. And he starts walking with his son and with his two servants and a donkey. And they set out. So there's the unknown. So for us, we understand it's a test. Abraham, it was pure obedience. Um, It also held emotional and theological consequences. Here's why. Because the fulfillment of all the promises of blessing depended on Isaac. Did you know that? The, the, the promise of blessing that Abraham would be the father of many nations and that he would be blessed, it had to flow through his son Isaac, but now he was being asked to lay down his one and only son named Isaac. So can you imagine the agonizing choices that Abraham had to make as they walked? And, and the way I could kind of imagine it, it's either like, Uh, My son whom I love or the God whom I really, really love. Remember the definition of sacrifice? It's to give up something I love for something I love even more. And I believe Abraham trusted God with all of his heart. And in fact, who gave him the promise to begin with? God. So, well God, if you promised, even in my old age, in Sarah's old age, that we would have a child... We, my wife laughed and thought it was ridiculous and I'm old, but it happened. So maybe Abraham, who knows? Maybe he knew that God would intervene and maybe he had that kind of faith. But I don't know. It's, we're not told, but Abraham obeyed. So point number one, and I want to share with you this morning six qualities of real sacrifice. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to do it. Six qualities of real sacrifice. And number one is willing obedience. Willing obedience. So we already established in verse 1 that God was testing Abraham's faith. And Abraham, I love his response. Yes, Lord, here I am. A willing obedience. I don't know if God taps you on the shoulder Some of you might get excited and your response is, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me to the nations, to the corners of the world. I will go. I will go. But maybe some of you are like, uh, kind of like Adam and Eve, maybe hide behind some fig leaves and here I am. Because remember when they were hiding, God still found Adam and Eve, right? Said, Adam, why are you hiding? So don't worry. If God wants to find you, he knows how. But it's much easier when we have willing obedience. And our response should be as believers, as sons and daughters, say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. When he calls, we have to respond. We have to answer the call. And so, willing obedience isn't just saying, here I am. 
It's actually doing what God is asking and calling you to do. So in verse 2, he tells them, take your one and only son Isaac and go. What I love in verse 3 is, Abraham doesn't sit on it. He doesn't say, okay God, give me a week and let me talk to some friends. Let me call some family members. Um, Let me just kind of... Get a, get a better opinion on what you're asking me to do before I commit to it. But it doesn't say that. It just says, the very next morning, Abraham got ready. And I don't know about you, but I pray for that kind of faith and that kind of obedience in my own life. That I can display that kind of obedience. That when God would ask something of me, not as a pastor, as me as a son of the king... I would respond and say, Lord, here I am. And really, that's why I'm a pastor today. is because I grew up in a pew like every one of us that is here today. And I never thought it would be me. I never anticipated God had a plan in this way for me. But I just learned to give God my yes. And so in willing obedience, I think that the easiest thing we can do is just train ourselves to say yes to God. Because the Bible says his ways are what? Higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So then wouldn't I want what God has for me? If his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher? Yeah, Lord, show me because I don't know. I have a, a finite mind, but yours is infinite. I have a limited ability to understand the scope of your plan. But Lord, you're, you're limitless. So Lord, take me higher to your level. But it takes willing obedience to be able to start that journey when we talk about real sacrifice. And so Abraham starts the very next morning. And I love that about him. Some of us, we wait too long. And I don't know if you understand this, but opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Amen? So some of us who are analytical and who need to really, like you, you actually draw all the pros and all the cons. You kind of weigh out all of this stuff. And I'm not saying don't do it. All I'm saying is when, when God speaks and you know it's his voice, who cares what the math works out to be? Who cares if everything looks like it's not in your favor? Think of Abraham. And yet he still readied himself his son, and the servants, and the donkey, the very next day. So number one is willingness, a willing obedience, excuse me. Number two is preparation. Number two is preparation when we say, when we're talking about six qualities of real sacrifice. In verse three, it says that Abraham got up early. Next, it says he saddled his donkey. Then it says he took two servants his son, Isaac, who was the sacrifice, he took him to, obviously, and he prepared the wood for the fire. Abraham prepared for the sacrifice. See, he did, it didn't take him long to decide, but he also still had to prepare and get himself ready. See, when God told me, you're going to be in ministry, I didn't just say, okay, let me start. It was, Lord, what's the next step? How do I prepare for this? And there was a process. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to take four years in Bible school for your process. But whatever God's calling you to do, just be ready 
for it. Do what you must. And I believe probably as Abraham tried to sleep that night, you understand, tried, because a lot of us try to think and, and analyze. I'm sure Abraham was just preparing himself. And he said, okay, tomorrow morning at this time we're going to get up. What am I going to need to take with me? Okay, I'm going to need the donkey. I'm going to need two servants to help carry all this stuff. And I'm going to get my son. And we're going to go and we're going to do this. Number two, Abraham prepared. Number three is commitment. Commitment. You see, in verse four, it tells us they journeyed. It wasn't a, you know, a 20 minute trip in a car that went really fast. The horsepower they had was a donkey. And it took them three days to get to the land of Moriah. Three days. For some of us, that's enough time to make up your mind to turn around and go back. And you're having this conversation with yourself as you're going. And day one, it's like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Day two comes and you're like, oh, this is really, really hard. I'm halfway there. Should I turn around and go back? Uh, and just kind of say, sorry, God, he'll understand, right? Or should I just go all the way since I'm halfway there? Three days was the journey. And Abraham was committed on that journey. They were traveling for quite a while. He must uh, have rehearsed how this is all going to go down. You know, as he's walking with his son, he's probably, he's like, what if my son asks me about the sheep for the sacrifice? Well, he did. The son did. But he's probably saying, how am I going to tell my son I have to tie him up? And then when I have to actually put him on the altar. And then he realizes he's going to be the sacrifice. And I'm sure Abraham being fully human as well, had all these normal thoughts as a father would of his one and only son. He's walking. Three days, he could have decided, you know what, God? I'm not going to go through with this. This is insane. This is crazy. And maybe some of us lean on that side where it's like you take two steps, but you're like, am I crazy? Am I out to lunch? Did God really say that? And then you you might turn around and just say, well, if it was God, I'm sure he'll tell me again. I'm sure he'll remind me again or he'll come once again. And I'll just say, yes, Lord, here am I now. I, I really know it's you and I will do this. But I love Abraham because he was committed to the call and he was committed for this sacrifice because it was about to get real. And perhaps he had three days to consider alternative options, like he said, but I'm sure every step of the way, and this is for some of, someone here today. I'm sure every step of the way, two guys named Fear and Doubt took their every opportunity, right? Fear and Doubt. Fear and Doubt. But in the same step, undeniably, faith and hope kept walking. I'm sure of it. That there had to be an element of faith and hope. Oh, God won't disappoint me. God is always faithful to His Word. Faith and hope. Faith and hope on the journey to sacrifice. I don't know what it might look like for you. I don't know what God might ask you to give up for someone and something you love even more. God and His kingdom, I hope. But, but it might come at a cost. But I want you to know that you need to be committed to the cause of Christ. And how do you walk that journey? Faith and hope. Faith and hope. And Jesus, the Bible says of him, he is the hope of all the world. 
So as long as you're walking, know that Jesus is with you every step of the way because he will never leave you nor forsake you. Number four is intimacy. Intimacy, a closeness with God. A closeness with God, intimacy. In verse 5, Abraham tells the servant to stay with the donkey. Two servants, he says, okay, you guys stay here. My son and I now will go the rest of the way up the mountain. There's something about intimacy. And there's something, this had to be done, but, but Abraham couldn't pass it off on those who were in his company, those who were with him, those who were around him. His servants had done all that they had to do, and there was a point in the journey to sacrifice where he had to say, okay, here's where you guys stop. I have to go now and do what God has called me to do. And did you know in Genesis 22... Um, This is where we find the first reference to worship, where Abraham says, uh, the boy and I will go up the mountain to worship. Did you know that? And so this is interesting, just a little side note, you might want to just note that. It's the first mention of worship in the Bible, coming coming from Abraham. And so intimacy. You see, you might have people to help you along the way, but only you are called to go the distance. For whatever God has asked you of you or called you to do, people will come around you in this life and in our church especially to support you in this journey and on your journey with God. But there are some things that God has called you to do, not others. And so there will come a point perhaps where people will come so far, but you have to say, listen, I got to do this part now. Because no one else could do what God has called me to do but me. Can you say amen? And no one else can do what he's called you to do except you. And so that is why the church, we need each other. But we are also all unique in our calling and in our giftings. And I'm grateful to God for that. And so we are all vital and we are all important. But we have to make sure we have this closeness with God. And this intimacy with God. And Abraham says, the boy and I will go from here and we will worship the Lord. I want to just encourage you that in life, you, you might say this whole life is like a is sacrificial living for me because it's super hard. Just, just know, make time with God. Make time to be alone with God. Some of you might call it your prayer closet, your war room, whatever you want. But find that secret place where Abraham climbed the mountain with his son and they were alone with God. Find your secret place to be with God and develop and establish that intimacy. Why? Because it's in those moments When God calls you to do something, because you are so close, you know His voice and you will understand, I can do this with you, God. I can do it. But where there is no intimacy, it's going to be very difficult to discern, Lord, is this really you? And Lord, how will I know? Because that relationship hasn't been developed in its closeness. So number four is intimacy. And here's one more thought. Don't get others to come and do What God has asked you to do. Just another way to phrase it. Don't get others to come and do what God has asked you to do. And in verse 6, Isaac is carrying wood for the burnt offering on his shoulders as they walk up that mountain. And the picture of that is so big and we'll get to that in a moment. But, But just the thought of Isaac carrying the wood but asking his dad, Hey dad, 
Like we have the wood because I'm carrying it, obviously, but where's the, where's the sheep for the sacrifice? And I love Abraham's response. And here's number five in our six qualities. It's a reality check. A reality check. We have the fire and the wood, but dad, where's the sheep? Well, here's the thing. The whole idea of a burnt offering is to burn the offering. And so he's saying, we had got, dad, you prepared and planned everything, but where's the sheep? And his response is incredible. And he goes, don't worry, God will provide the sheep. God will provide the sheep. In essence, if Abraham didn't know how God was going to save his own son, it was a prophetic declaration out of his own mouth that God will provide. And this is where we get our word, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Because Abraham saw God provide that sheep because there was the ram caught in the thicket with its horns. And that's what he was able to use. But there was a reality check. Hey, Dad, we have all this stuff, but... Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I'm sure Abraham knew, obviously. He's like, you're the sacrifice, son. But he didn't acknowledge that. He didn't. God never told him, tell your son. I'm just sure that Abraham said, when the time comes, God's going to help me do it and help my son to understand what needs to be done. But that's a reality check. And on the journey to, to sacrifice, there will come this point where you start counting the cost again and you're almost there but you're you're going to start looking at all the details and you're going to say hold on a second this doesn't make any sense i know in the beginning you may have left full of faith and ready to go but there might come a point where a reality check happens and you're like this is insane and this is crazy my question to you is do you prefer a reality check or a god reality That's the question. The reality check will let you know how limited you are in what you're called to do. But the God reality is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the God reality. So on the journey to sacrifice, one of the qualities has to be, okay, you might have a reality check, but there's a God reality that counters that one. And that's the highlight that we need to remember. See, A reality check would make anyone stop dead in their tracks. But God's reality is that He is faithful. And what is He faithful to? He's faithful to His Word. He's faithful to provide. And somebody today needs God's reality in their lives. I truly believe that. We all do. Verse 9, Abraham prepares the altar, ties Isaac, lays him on it. And then verse 10, this is the, the... The moment of tension in our story. He picks up the knife. And you might say, is he really going to do it? Is he going to, what's going to happen? I'm sure Isaac was wondering, is this the end of me? Who knows what Abraham thought would happen next. But then, see the same ear that discerned the Lord's voice in the beginning, where Abraham called his name and he said, yes, here I am. In the midst of this tension and in the midst of the most dramatic moment, probably of both of their lives, as he picks up the knife, he still is able to hear and discern the voice calling, Abraham, Abraham, don't do it. 
God has seen your faithfulness. God has seen your commitment. God has seen that you see His reality in your situation. Don't do it. Don't do it. And what we see is that as he's lifting the knife, he was showing God that he was willing to put God's call above every other commitment and emotional attachment. Every commitment and emotional attachment. Today, are you willing to put God above your emotional attachments? Yeah, but I really like this person. Yeah, but they're not saved. Why are you dating them? I don't know. That might be your situation. Do you love God more than your emotional attachments? Or your other commitments? That's a question for us to consider. Because that might be your reality check today. My prayer today is that we would simply say, Lord, I'm willing to sacrifice the things I love for the one I love even more. And that's where we're headed this morning, church. And lastly, the blessing, number six, the blessing, or if you prefer, the payoff. When we're talking about six qualities of real sacrifice, God will call you to sacrifice, but God is also the one who knows how to provide and to give back more than you can handle. And Abraham, at that moment where he lifted the knife and then the angel calls out, did you know that the test was over? The test ended. Because in verse 1 of Genesis 22, it said God was ready to test Abraham. But at that moment, now the angel intervenes, the test ends. Abraham's act of obedience changed the status of the promises. And God said, you will be a father of many nations, all this through your son Isaac, and you will be blessed. Right? That was a promise. But after this test, now it became guaranteed. Because God said, now I I will sign an oath with my own name. And God actually took that promise and now signed it and sealed it with his stamp of approval. And backed it with a guarantee, saying, I will do it. And today, friend, you and I stand here as a blessing of of that faithfulness of, of Abraham. That through Isaac and Jacob, the forefathers, we find ourselves here today able to call ourselves sons and daughters. So if we trace all the way back, we are descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Do you understand the the rich blessing? The rich blessing that was promised to Abraham and now has been uh, passed down and we are grafted in because technically we are Gentiles. We're not Israelites, um, but we are Gentiles, but we are grafted in as sons and daughters into the family of God. Every promise that God has made to Israel is available to us as sons and daughters because we've been grafted in through Jesus. Thank you for the excitement in the room. Either I'm not preaching good enough or God's word doesn't get you excited enough. But I just, okay, there's a bit of a pulse now in the room. Uh, And in verses 16 to 18, Abraham's obedience prompted God, that's where we find it, to guarantee his promises with an oath. And so sacrifice the willingness to give up something I love for something I love even more. And so for the New Testament, that's a lot of Old Testament lingo with sacrifice and a burnt offering. But for the New Testament, there's more to the sacrifice of Isaac 
than someone committing himself to obey God completely. That would be Abraham. There's more to it than that for us. It's actually a picture of God's sacrificial love for you and for me. Did you, did you realize that? Abraham gave his only son as a sacrifice. Jesus gave us, God gave us his one and only son, Jesus, as a perfect sacrifice. You see, Isaac carried the wood for the sacrifice, but Jesus carried the cross all the way up the mountain to Calvary. And that's the beautiful picture. And in Romans 8.32, So the Father, it says, did not spare His own Son for the world. And in verse 14 of our, of our text, Genesis 22, Abraham discovered Moriah means the Lord will provide, because surely the Lord provided for him. But what he didn't understand is that the name of the place where his son was to die would prove to be the place also of God's provision because Mount Moriah was also the temple mount where Jesus would make his way and then eventually die for you and for me. So the symbolism or the the typology is very applicable and very clear for us. And you see, here's one thing that John Henry Jowett said, ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Ministry that costs nothing, accomplishes nothing. And I know here at the school, in this season, there were, I can't say many of you, but there were a good number of you who sacrificed a lot to come early, to set up. I know that there was a group of you that came to remove all the gum off these benches, or I guess these are cafeteria tables when it's school, school is in session. And, and we were sacrificing a little bit Maybe you love sleep and you had to wake up early and and come and do this for something that you love even more. Listen, church, I've said this a lot, but I believe it with all of my heart. God is preparing us as a church. But here's the thing, and I'm sorry to be the one to break the news, but I'm not sorry at the same time. Because it excites me that if we want to see our church advance and to, to... to see God use us in ways we've never even dreamed or imagined, we're going to have to be willing to sacrifice things we love for something we love even more. And that's dear to my heart. There are many brothers and sisters in our church through the years who've been faithful. All these six qualities have been there. And some of them are living in the blessing of where we are at now. And I just believe it's time for our generation to begin this journey as a church together. This journey of sacrifice. You might say, yeah, but I like you know Sundays. It's hard to come. It's hard to be on time. And listen, what do you love more? God or your bed? What do you love more? Sleeping in or having a big breakfast on a Sunday or getting together with God's people to lift our hands and call on the name above all names. That's what it comes down to. Our willingness to be here and our willingness to say yes. Because here's the thing. We, we want to see our church full. And, and to the over, you say it, to the overflow. Okay, I guess this, some people are ready for the sacrifice. But here's the thing. We like the idea of a full church. We love the idea. Oh, yes. It's going to be so good. It's going to be happy. Guess what? It'll never happen until we lay down our ambition and our our personal preferences 
And until we embrace this idea of, Lord, but I love you even more. I, I love all this comfort things, but I love your kingdom even more. God, I love all of this stuff, but I love your house even more. And I love your people even more. And when we get to that level and we start hitting that, that scale on the, on the level or on the meter, that's when we're going to see things start to change. Because we also need passion when we're doing it. But we need to be able to say, Lord, this is a small sacrifice. Lord, you gave us your son. And you actually went, made him go through it all. And Jesus even said... But, Lord, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, let your will be done. And, and God was like, no, you're going to do this. Because I love, I love people. And you're going to die for the whole entire world. And here we are. And we have this incredible opportunity next Sunday. As we cross the street and go back into our new building. I believe you might just see it as a, going back into a new building. But I, I see it as we're, we're crossing a river, the Jordan, into new territory. When we are prepared for what God has for us. And it's a new season. It's a new season, but it's also a season of sacrifice. And, and I was the first person in the beginning to say, well, I thought this was the season of sacrifice. Because we were in the school and things were, the sound is not working when Pastor John in the video is supposed to speak and all this stuff. I get that. And, and God corrected my thinking quickly because he said, what good is a new building if we're not willing to sacrifice to see people saved and filling those pews? Can I hear an amen if you believe that? And so church, we have to be willing. And yes, you could take this message as a, you know, six qualities for your personal real sacrifice, but I'm also looking at it as for our church. And, and here's where you can tell the passion level's kicking up a notch now. Um, but we have to get ready. It would be a waste, all the work we've done, to just go there and get comfortable. And get comfortable and say, oh, this is what it's all about. Oh, the pews are beautiful. Oh, the sound is great now. Oh, love it, love it. No. Sacrifice begins when we cross the street next Sunday all over again. And we have to be ready. And I'm just preparing you. I'll be the voice. That's why I said I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Because I actually get excited. Because we love to talk about the overflow. But how many of you now love to know that you're going to be a part of it and it'll come at a cost? Amen. There we go. Church on fire. And, and here's the thing. God won't ever ask us to do something that... He's not willing to do himself. So he's already, he's, he knows the whole meaning of sacrifice. He sent us his son. And he, know this though, your sacrifice will never exceed God's ability to provide. It'll never exceed God's ability to provide for you. And here's the thing. As you sacrifice, some of us, it's the money that we've been giving through Overflow Capital Campaign. Others, it's sweat equity as you hustle, bring in all our gear. Um, next Sunday, it'll be serving in our classrooms, uh, doing all this stuff. Set a new cafe that we're going to get set up and going. And there are all these other things that are new for us that we have to do. And we need volunteers, we need help, we need people. But it'll, it'll come at a cost. 
But I want you to know, as, as you pour out and expense out, know that God is ready for the overflow. And He's able to fill you up again. He's able to renew you just when you're feeling burnt out or, or that you're almost like a, a dry well. That God will fill you up with rivers of living water, fresh and anew. See, your sacrifice will never exceed God's ability to provide. Because it's not what He does, it's who He is. He's Jehovah Jireh. That's where we get it from. Genesis 22. My provider. My provider. And so there's no sacrifice too great that God cannot repay. And this morning I just want to invite you to stand to your feet. Because I believe God wants to prepare us for the journey. Some of you, it's a personal one. And I believe that uh, as you leave this place, whatever season as a uh, you personally find yourself walking through, be committed to it. If, if God brought you to it, He'll bring you through it. And God is faithful like that, and God is good like that. And I just want to make take my little stand here so I can see better. But today, we ended this message with the, the picture of Isaac and, and what he was doing and how it relates to Jesus and what God was doing through His Son for us. And I just want to ask this question today. Do you know that Jesus died for your sins? Not so that you could stumble in the darkness, but He brings light to expose it. So that He can deal with it once and for all. That's why Jesus died on the cross. And if you're here today, I just want to ask one simple question. And all eyes on me. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, but you would like to do that today, would you just slip your hand up? I just want to acknowledge you before we pray. If there's anyone here, I see that hand. Thank you for your boldness. I see a hand at the back. Thank you. And you might say, well, why didn't you say, close your eyes, bow your heads? Here's something else God's been challenging me with. We make it so secret and then we call you up to the front to pray anyways. So I'm just going to be honest from the beginning. And just raise your hand where you are. So two hands went up. And we want to pray with you. And I'm going to, just where you're at. And, and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. But we're going to invite Jesus to be Lord of all. From head to toe, inside to outside. And invite Him to take control. And I believe that also there are people here. That God is getting ready to call you. It could be for ministry. Or it could just mean to activate from wherever you are. Just to activate your faith. And to activate your life. To sp spread the light wherever you are. And I'm going to pray for you in a second. But first I just want to pray for the two that have lifted their hands. And uh, I'm going to invite them but also everyone to repeat this prayer after me. As we invite Jesus to be Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we don't need fancy music. We don't need emotional strings to be pulled. We just need the truth of your word. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I confess with my mouth 
And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I give you full permission to come and live inside of me. Now change me from the inside out and help me to live every single day with my eyes fixed on you. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my future. I give you all of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we rejoice this morning? Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. And now I just want to pray for every single one of us as we go from this place. Um, God is so amazing. God is so amazing. And as we leave, we are ending a season in the school. And I don't want to make it more dramatic than it has to be. And I don't want to make a big deal of it. But I thank God because we've learned a lot by, by coming here. We've met a lot of new faces coming here. Just one quick question. If you started attending our church here while we were in the school, would you just raise your hand? I'm just curious to see. One, two, three. There are at least five. Five, six, seven hands, and I've seen even more people. You can put them down. But we're so, so honored that wherever we go, we are the church. And I say this on repetition every Sunday because we need to remember it. You don't need to wait and to have a specific environment or building or place. Wherever you go, you are the church. And you represent Christ. And let's, let's represent Him well. Can you say amen to that? And as we close today... We talked about sacrifice, and I'm praying, and we're gearing up in the new year to, to have a series of sermons about how you can get involved. In, in Some of you maybe aren't serving or not involved, or you just don't know how. We want to make it clear and give you a pathway to get involved. So just hang tight. Uh, but I believe that this is the season where we're going to need all hands on deck if we're going to see God do what He wants to do. And I believe He's willing, but we have to want to be uh, recipients of what God has, but it's going to come at a cost. So I want to pray over our church now that as a church, we are ready to pay the price. We are, you can count the cost all you want, but it'll cost you. We have to be willing to sacrifice and say, Lord, take my hands, take my feet, take my wallet, whatever, take my mouth, use me. I don't care how it looks, what it costs, but Lord, as long as I'm saying yes to what you've asked me to do, and I truly believe that if he's asking something of you or of us as a church, surely God will, will meet us on the other side. Surely God will come through and, and we will say, Lord, this is the place where you provided in a great way. And so as I pray, let's just, let's match our faith today. Let's believe God for, for great things that he has in store for us and the future people that he wants to save through us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now, Lord, with hearts full of gratitude. Father, with uh, just, we stand in awe of who you are. Lord, we stand in awe of your faithfulness, even in this season as we've been in the school, that even just today, without doing anything special, there are six people that have started attending while we've been here. And Lord, we thank you that we are not confined to a building. Lord, you are not confined to four walls of a church building. But Father, you go wherever you will. 
And I pray, Lord, that as a church, we would be willing to say, Lord, here we are, send us. Here we are, use us. Lord, take my hands and my feet, touch my heart, use my mouth, whatever you want to do, speak through me, God. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And Lord, today I just pray that we would join our hearts in this one thing, that God, whatever it will cost, Lord, yes, we understand it will come at a cost, but God, we are willing to pay and give up something we love because we love you so much more. God, we love your kingdom so much more for your word says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be provided unto you and so father as we remind ourselves of that scripture lord we remind you of that scripture as well and god you will always provide for us when we put you first so lord may we do that with our lives as difficult as it might be lord may we do that and i thank you lord that you are, you will never call us to do something that you're not willing to 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 walk through with us so lord help us today as we leave this place Well, there are so many things that we are willing to sacrifice for, but help us, Lord, in this one thing, to be willing to sacrifice for the cause of Christ. Father, it's not a popular gospel, it's not a popular message, but it's one that as a believer and as a church, we must live out every single day, that we will lay it all down for the cause of Christ. And so, Father, we thank you today. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would empower us as we go from this place. Let the light shine ever so brightly. And Lord, help us to be the salt and the light of the world. We ask you all this now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God is good. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.